0: Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? So good to know Jesus, so good to worship together, so good to focus around Him and His Word. And uh, we want to just get into His Word again this morning. The two of us together are going to be sharing. We're enjoying just this time. Last week was absolutely brilliant with uh, Jane and Pastor Rohan. Rohan, you brought a brilliant message last week where he, he he was saying that God wants to take the no out of our lives and put a yes in there instead. And, uh, you know, when we respond to God and we say yes, that's when His grace is released to then live out what we've said yes yeah. to, rather than, well, I'll wait until I feel like it or I'll wait until I'm ready or I'm waiting until something else. And uh, no, how actually, when we say yes, His grace is released and then we can walk in what God is saying and doing. Uh, <laughs> so we are live this morning. Uh, so uh, hopefully we'll be connecting, flowing well. There's no edits, it's just all as it happens. So it's a bit like how we live life. You can't edit your life, can you? You live and that is your life. So we want to live in the same way we've got to do this and trust God and and, and help us to do what we're doing here. So there's a flow. We want that in our lives. So because we can't go back and edit bits in our lives and say, (laughs) let me edit that out and edit that out. The great thing is about God is something called forgiveness. That when we do blooper, when we do make a mistake, when there are things that we're like, man, I'd like to edit that out. We can come back to the Lord and say, Father, would you forgive me? And he goes, yeah, I'll edit that out. I'll forgive you. And it will be as if it's never happened because that's what he does with our sin. So don't you love Jesus? He is so, so good. Now. I want to continue to flow on, obviously, in terms of what God is saying. And I I jotted something down the other day that we're just going to start with. And it says, God prepares our hearts and lives for his purpose or purposes. He speaks and works in us ahead of time so that when the moment comes for him to do what he will do, we are ready in that moment to respond in the way that he wants us to, to live something out. Often in the preparation, we don't see or fully understand what he is doing or why he is doing it. We know in part and we prophesy in part, as the word says. But the important thing is, though, is that we respond when he speaks and we act when he commands and then what happens is down to him to then fulfill what he said he was going to fulfill. And I just want to share a little bit of a testimony uh, of of what God's been doing in me more recently over the last period of time that that relates to that and to what God is doing at the moment, because God prepares us, as we've said, and in that preparation, he's positioning our, our hearts our understanding, our mind and our lives, decisions we make so that when it is the moment for him to release something, we're ready to step into that in the way that he, he wants us to. So at the beginning of 2019 as a church, uh, we had 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, so this is not this year's, but last year's. And during that time, we prayed uh, quite a lot for the town. And towards the end of the 21 days God spoke to me and said Clive I want you to walk the streets of Horsham the town where you live and I want you to every morning I want you to get up and I want you to walk every street and I want you to pray for every household every home in 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 the town and I knew that as I I began to kind of just pray about that before I started uh, God was saying to me I, I want as you pray I, I'm as in God, he said, I'm going to release rivers of salvation into the town in a new and fresh way. And one of the scriptures God gave me was from Joshua 1 verse 3, where it says, I will give you every place where you set your foot. And so it was like a promise from God. And you know, when God has spoken and God has given you a promise, then you you don't go out striving, trying to make something happen. You go from a place of rest because, you know, well, God has spoken, He said something. So I'm going to go in that word and I'm just going to do what He has said. And, and God's always going to do something in that process. So what I did, I began to, to walk the streets and sometimes I would walk down a road and i would just get a sense of god saying i want you to pray against this and come uh, and take authority over certain things and 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 as i was walking down the street i'd be doing that and then he would say now i want you to release this instead other times i would walk down a street and as i was walking i just the compassion of god and uh, 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 would come upon me and i'd begin to to weep as i as i walked down the street and praying for the homes and houses and 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 it was like god was working in my own heart and life, giving me a a fresh heart or his heart, his heart of love for the town and for the people as I was walking around. But it was also at the same time, God releasing something of his purposes okay, ahead of time because there's a moment where he's going to open the floodgates and, and mm-hmm. rivers of salvation mm-hmm. are going to be released in an unprecedented way, because mm-hmm. that's what God was saying during that time. You're the beginning of an unprecedented time. And so God was saying, I want you to pray unprecedented prayers, expecting unprecedented answers and outcomes. Mm-hmm. Now, after that time, which took a few months to do that, I was kind of like, okay, God, what next? And, and I felt the Lord say to me that, that just, this is part of something I'm doing, okay? And so I said, okay, fine. And and life carried on. We came into this year in January and we had, again, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And one of the things we ended up praying for quite a lot, particularly in the nights of prayer we had on the Friday night through the night, we ended up praying quite a lot for the church in the town uh, in different ways. And I know one of the things that God was doing in us at the time was was to make sure that our heart towards the church in the town and the area where we live in, where where I live, that that we had a right heart and a right attitude. That there was nothing. And I know this is what God was doing in me. uh, He highlighted one or two things in me uh, to where some of the the way I thought or viewed other churches, different denominations, or whatever. And God put his finger on a couple of things, a few things in me. Well, I knew I had to say, Father, I ask you to forgive me for that attitude towards that church or a mindset that I had towards that denomination or whatever it might be. And and I had to, and it was like God was saying, Clive, I want you to humble yourself, okay? You're no better than anybody else. you carry my presence in the same way as other people carry my presence, and you have no right to have an attitude like that. And I, I had to humble myself and ask God to forgive me towards a denomination or, or churches, and and any individuals, any other church leaders uh, that I'd had conversations with or, or thoughts about them that were wrong and stuff. And I, I and I know God was doing a work in me in, in, in that way. And. So we came out of the 21 days and it was like, okay, we've been praying for the church and the town and the area. We'd been, God had been doing some things in me. And I just thought, well, this is obviously just all part of God's purposes and and what he's doing and and, and felt to connect with one or two other church leaders to to begin to pray together. And as I'd contacted them and we we met just once initially as a a few of us as church leaders, uh, lockdown happened and at the same time as that happened, I, I got a, an, a, a question from Horsham Churches Together saying would I consider to be the moderator of Horsham Churches Together? Now that, that means would I be prepared to lead Horsham Churches Together for the next two years beginning this month in July? and? When, I, when I'd been asked to do this before on a couple of different occasions over the last however many years, and I, I never felt it was right or it was the right moment or right time. As soon as I read this email, said, would you consider this? Immediately I knew, yes, I, I've got to do this. And, uh, and, and, and it's interesting, some of the things that I had to work through in my heart towards the other churches, okay, when this email came through, my my initial response was, yes, I know I've got to do this. Then there was a thought of, "Mm, there might be a few challenges of, of, of what's involved in doing this. But I didn't then think of those challenges as negative, thinking, oh my word, I've gone after, it's going to be like syrup or treacle or anything like that. It was like, right, people might express their faith in different ways, they might pray differently to me, they might do stuff, you know, but actually we're one body, together as the church in this town, in this region. And God wants to to do something in an unprecedented way. And then the Luke 5 scripture that we've had as a church a while ago came to mind again, where Jesus, the guy, some of the disciples, he was calling them, they'd been fishing all night, caught nothing. Jesus said, go out into the deep, cast your nets on the other side. They say we've been doing it all night. And And they said, but because you say so, we will do it. So they put it down, huge catch. That boat, Peter's boat, they called the other partners, come and help us because there's too much, too many fish. And then both boats began to sink. And it was like God was saying, hey, Clive, there's something I want to do in this town, in this region that is way beyond one church or even two or three churches working together. This is going to be something I'm going to do through my Mm -hmm. church. And you're going to, you need to partner together, work together for the harvest and everything that I'm going to bring in. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, It was like uh, uh, God had done this, this kind of without me realizing what he was doing or fully understanding. He could have told me in April last year when he told me to go walking through the town Hey Clive, this is what it's going to end up looking like. But I think sometimes he, he, well, I think all the time, he lets us know what we need to know in a particular moment so that we respond to him and then trust him in that, okay? And then he'll let us know what we need to know when we get to the point that we need to know it. So I didn't need to know about Horsham Churches Together or Moderate or anything like that until this year in April. And so, um, so obviously I prayed into that, Jane and I prayed in that because I know it will mean a little bit of time, need to focus on, on in that area. And uh, we both knew it was right and I knew it was right. And so this last week um, there was a, a meeting which, in, with the, all the her Church together in terms of delegates and everything and, and basically they said, yes, we'd like you to be the moderator. So that kind of officially starts. But. Just, I mean, you guys can know that now in terms of what that might mean and look like. and It's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm, we are really, really excited. Yeah. And uh, I just want to just quickly say when I prayed into this, there were three things that God clearly that God spoke to me straight away that, that they wanted me to share to a smaller group initially to say, what would your vision be for, for the town and for the area that Horsham and district and everything? Just by the way, if you're not in Horsham District, this is not a story just about Horsham. This is really about us allowing God to speak to us, to prepare us for moments that we don't know about. But as we continue to move forward, we step into them, no matter what those moments are. He could be preparing us for a conversation with one person, an individual. He could be preparing us for something he wants to do in our workplace. He could be preparing us for something he wants to do in in whatever way it might be, but but we don't have to fully understand everything. We just need, like Pastor Rohan said last week, we just need to keep saying yes when God is speaking and and let him lead us to what that yes fully looks like as we respond and move with him. So God, just keep this short, God spoke to me and and he said there's three things Clive. He said firstly prayer, second is evangelism, thirdly make disciples. I want the church in Horson to become a praying church. It's not that it's not because running up to Pentecost Sunday there was 10 days of online prayer. Over 350 people from different churches were involved in 24-7 online prayer. So there's an increase of prayer, but he said, I want the church in Horsham to be a praying church. I want the church in Horsham to be a soul winning church. And I want the church in Horsham to be a disciple making church. And, and lots of the guys we've been talking to from different churches to get to this point, they're all like, yeah, this is brilliant. Come on, let's, let's go forward together. And then then God said to me, and this verse is so important to encapsulate all of this. John 13, 34 and 35, where Jesus says, A new command I give you, love one another. If you love one another in the same way that I love you, Uh, then ultimately it says all men will know that you are my disciples. And firstly, I just believe God was saying as as leaders in our town and area, um, God wants there to be a genuine friendship and love for one another that goes beyond surface acquaintances. And and I believe God's going to be doing that more and more. It's already Mm -hmm. begun, Mm -hmm. even in the last two or three, four weeks as we've been kind of looking at this, this role of moderator or whatever. Uh, but but God wants that amongst the church. Now, if he wants to do that in Horsham, he wants to do that in Burgess Hill and he's already doing it. There's brilliant stuff happening in Burgess Hill where churches are beginning to pray and work together in a new and fresh way. He wants to do this in Crawley and increase that. He wants to do it in Worthing and increase that. He wants to do that in other towns in this region, all over the nation and beyond. So wherever you are, pray not only for your congregation leaders, if you're part of Kingdom Faith, but pray for the church leaders in the town where you are because it's every town is going to need all the boats together to see this harvest come in in terms of what God is going to do. Now, I know you're all waiting saying, when's Jane going to get a chance to share? Because Clive, you're going on a bit. Let me just take a couple more minutes before Jane kind of then shares. Um, Hosea chapters 1 and 3. I believe these two scriptures, there's two parts to what we're going to share. One is covenant in terms of God's covenant with us as people and then our response to him in covenant and then what that looks like expressed to our communities. But we're also going to be looking at celebration and feast and, and all the life that God wants to release and bring at the same time. So in Hosea chapter one, God speaks the Hosea because the nation of Israel at the time were not walking with God. They were worshipping all kinds of idols, getting up to all kinds of things. And on the whole, that's what our culture is like. Uh, Most people don't know God, getting up to all sorts of things, worshipping all kinds of things, if we can put it like that. And what did God say to him? He said to him in verse two of Hosea one, go take to yourself an adulterous wife and children of unfaithfulness because the land is guilty of the vilest adultery in departing from the Lord. So he married Gomer, daughter of Diblaim. Now we might say, well, wow, they're quite strong words and, and a lot of back, there can be a lot of backlash in our culture to using strong language these days, strong words in a situation. But, you know, it's how God looks at things and perceives things that is important, not how we might look at it and go, hmm. God looks at a nation that doesn't walk with Him and follow Him and, and He sees the sin, if you like, that goes on and as far as he's concerned, it's like that's vile in his eyes in that way. And and it's like an adultery because people are giving themselves to other things and not giving themselves to him. And he says to Hosea in this moment, look, I want you to do something as a prophetic lifestyle and action that shows the nation of Israel my love for her and how I love her and the covenant God that I am and the promises that I've made to her, I they, were, they are not going to be thwarted. They will be fulfilled. Nothing is going to stop them. So I want you to show them how they are living, my love, and you're going to express that love by going to somebody who's an adulteress, who's a prostitute, and you're going to marry her. She's going to become one with you and you're going to bring her out of that and then you're going to live together. That is my heart for this nation. And we know that that is God's heart for the nations, for people that don't know God, okay? And, and then what happened? So it was a massive decision. He was a prophet. He was a prophet to the nation of Israel. Imagine being a prophet to the nation and then you, you go and do that. It was, that's completely unexpected. How does a prophet do that? A man of God go and marry a prostitute. That's, that's unbelievable. He shouldn't be doing that. Surely that would make him unclean. Surely that would make him ungodly. Okay, we'll come back to that in a moment. Then in chapter three in Hosea, it then says, verse one, then the Lord said to me, go show your love to your wife again though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. Verse two, so I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and a leketh, lethek of barley. Then I told her, you are, you are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man and, I'll be, and I will behave the same way towards you. Afterwards, the Israelites returned and um, seek the Lord their God and, their, and David their king. They will come trembling and the Lord to the Lord and to his blessings in the last days. So this guy went and took her as his wife. Then she carried, she went off and carried on in what she was doing before. And God said, go back and take her again. Then it said he actually had to buy her back <laughs> you know, and everything. Now, what is this talking about? This is showing God's covenant, firstly, to the Jewish people because it's the context of the scripture, but it's also showing that he's a covenant God to those who don't know him. And what is he saying to us in that context? And this is one of the challenges God was speaking to me about, preparing me for this, this moderator role, if you like, was Clive, I want you to understand that you're not just in covenant with other church leaders because if if every one of these guys knows me, these men or women know me, I'm in covenant with them, they're with me. But also I want you to be in covenant with one another, but also in the same way that I went to the cross because I'm a covenant God, express covenant towards mankind to say, I want to bring you into relationship with me. I want you to live and act in covenant towards the people of your town. And so therefore, I want you to, in the same way, move towards your town in the same way that Hosea moved towards Gomer. He didn't walk towards it with judgment and condemnation and accusation and self-righteousness. He said, I want to bring you out of something into something new and we want to walk together. And in that process, it cost Gomer something. It could have cost him his reputation. It could have even cost him his position as a prophet. Um, It could have, it cost him something in his own life. He had to spend his own silver, lethek and the other things in there, the produce of his life. Maybe there's some giftings in our lives that we need to submit afresh to the Lord because he wants to work through them to reach people and Mm. impact Mm. the harvest. Mm. And so part of this morning is covenant. Okay, and we're going to come to that when we have communion together and have a chance to pray and respond. The other part is, is what Jane's going to share now.
1: Um, we're just in in an amazing, amazing season. It's so exciting what what God is doing. I'm sure you're picking that up from us and what God's doing in your own life uh, and in the nations. Um, So I was reading um, 2 Samuel 6 last week and there are a couple of scriptures in there we're going to look at. And verse 11, um, it says, The ark of the Lord remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months and the Lord blessed Obed and his entire household. So um, God has been shifting us, positioning us um, in a in an unprecedented way, we know this. And God had been preparing us for this as a church, of many churches God had been preparing us all for. And when I was reading this chapter, it was about David moving, wanting to move the presence of God, the ark of God from one place to the city of Jerusalem. And on the way, he we won't go into the story, you can read it in your own time, but basically um, they stopped their journey and he decided that the ark of God, the presence of God is going to stay in this person's home for three months. And when I read that, just felt the Lord just speak to me about this season that we've been in. So we've had we had three solid months where we were in, totally in lockdown. We've had a couple of months either side where it was sort of, you know, half of March and half of July. And we, we're coming out the other side of that. But it's like we are we or God or the church. Everything is in transition from one place, from one season, from one era to a a new era. And in between time, God has decided to presence himself in our homes in a whole new way. We know we've not been able to come to the building. So in our homes, we've been worshipping the Lord. We haven't been able to come to church on on a Sunday once a week. Um, and hear the word. We've had to be doing feeding ourselves at home on the presence of God in the word of God. Our children have been taught at home. Amazing, amazing um, resources that our guys have been putting out for for you all, but everything has been going on in the home communion. We've been having communion in our own homes. And this is but this is how the church was in Acts. This is how they lived their lives, the, the, the presence of God. Yes, they went to the temple to um, uh, to meet with God and to hear the word, but but their lives carried the presence of God and many were added to them as they lived out God in their in their home lives. So um, we've obviously it's been an interesting time. There's been um, it's been a, a, an amazing time for lots of people where they they have really plugged into the presence of God. Other people, you've been so busy, or you've been on the front line, or you've had you got your children at home. So it's been a bit more intense. But but God has been doing a new thing amongst us, and um, in that se- in this season, it's been not always easy. There have been tough moments. We've been faced with our flesh. <laughs> We've been faced with yeah. sin. We've been faced with idolatry. We've been faced with, with um, is our, does our Christianity consist of going to church once a week or are we really plugging into right. God in yeah. our homes yeah. in this season like he wants us to where he, and it says, Lord blessed Edom and is entire household. And in other versions, it says everything he owned, all his animals, everything. That's God's heart. That's God, that is the presence of God in our lives and in our homes that we are a blessed people, amen. And we live entirely. We can be healed in our own homes. We can be delivered in our own homes. We can have salvation going on with our family members. There's so much of God that he wants to pour out in and bless us with in our own homes. And what's amazing is the next verse. So 2 Samuel 6:12 it says this. Then King David was told, "The Lord has blessed Obed-edom's household and everything he has because the presence of God is there." So David went there and brought the ark of God, the presence of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with a great celebration. And I love that because (laughs) it it got around that this guy was blessed. It got around that the presence of God blessed this household. And David was like, right now, now this is what is going on. We need this presence in our city. We need the blessing of God in the whole city so that everyone can come into this same relationship. They can worship God. They can meet with God. And so at this time, this season now, this shifting, this transition of God having been working in our homes, in our lives, in a, in a deep and intimate way, um, it's time to carry him to the city. And what they did was they put the ark of God on poles, on their shoulders, to carry him to the city where the whole city could be blessed, where there could be a release of God for every single person, not just one household. Mm. And that, that we believe is, is the time that we're in. That is what we're shifting into. And it is so exciting because Clive, like Clive's been saying, this is about covenant. This is about God being seen as the, as the one who blesses everyone who turns to him and can have their lives completely turned around and changed. Amen.
0: Yeah, amen. 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 Brilliant. <laughs> so what what does the word covenant mean? We all know what the word celebration means. Celebration means, you know, have a great time, rejoicing, thanksgiving and, 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 and everything. Covenant, what does covenant mean? Covenant means I will never, ever leave you and I'll never ever forsake you. That's how God relates to us in our lives. I'll never ever leave you. What Jesus did on the cross was a covenant action where God was saying, because I love you with an unfailing love, I want to make it possible for you to come back into relationship with me or, or for many for the first time to come into relationship with me and to come into that same covenant where I'll never, ever leave you. And then when you give your life to Jesus, you're making the same response. And Jesus, I don't ever, ever want to leave you either. I, I, we become, in, we join and come into a covenant relationship with him. and. Just want to read a couple of verses from Luke 14 before we just have a bit of time to respond and pray, but also break bread and have communion this morning uh, together. So if you haven't got your, your bread and wine or, or whatever you're going to use, maybe somebody just uh, get some in a moment, but but and we'll give you an opportunity to do that. Uh, But Luke 14, the story where Jesus gives the parable of the the guy inviting everybody to the feast, to the banquet. And in verse 17, it says, At the time of the banquet, the guy who was was, uh, organizing it all, it was his house. He sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. And it's like God is saying that to us not just to us here, but to us as the church, as believers saying, hey, it's time to go to those that have been invited and say, hey, everything's ready. Now, we know in this context, Jesus was speaking to Jewish people and he was speaking to the Jewish people saying, hey, the time's come. You're invited to the feast. The the Messiah has come. Salvation is now possible. Come to the feast, come to the celebration. And we know in the story that it gives three, he, Jesus gives three examples of people saying, um, sorry, I've, I've just got married, I can't come. Sorry, I've just bought a field, um, you know, I can't come. And, and another guy says, sorry, I'm doing something else. I can't come. There were three things. And, and the, the guy who was putting on the feast, the party, the, the banquet said to his servants, look, if, if these guys don't want to come, just go out now. Verse 21, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame, and they're like, we're doing that, we're doing that, but there's still room for more. Verse 23, and he says, all right, go into the roads and the country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. Just go anywhere where there are people that don't know me. If people reject me and and they say, I'm not interested, okay, fine, but go and get those that don't know about it, they've never heard. Why? Because God is a covenant God. Why? Because he wants every person to come into the feast, into the banquet, into relationship with you, into all that he is doing. How do we do that? As Jane said, God has been cultivating himself and his presence and his word in all of our lives and homes in a fresh way. And he wants that now to spill out beyond our own households. And I'm I'm sure it has been already in different ways. We're not saying it hasn't, but it's like God wants to take it to the town, to the city, to wherever we live in in an unprecedented way. And I think that's where, on our knees, on that dry riverbed before these floodgates of God's glory. It's all interrelated. It's not, well, I'll I'll just keep praying and I'll wait until the floodgates open and see what God does. It's both ends, is we're preparing and moving towards it and God is preparing and moving towards this way. And there's going to be a holy collision, if we can put it that way, that's going to take place in, in the very near future in terms of the fullness of what God releases in these coming months and years if we believe what he is saying. So let's just take a few minutes, okay? Firstly, we're going to pray and respond. Then we're going to break bread together and have communion. And I believe that God wants to work and move in our homes right now. Whenever you have communion in your home, it's always powerful. Yeah, Because communion is not a religious act. It's something living and alive that God has said, hey, every time you do this, remember me. And we'll come to that in a few moments. But let's just respond in our own hearts and lives for a few moments. Firstly, we're going to just check anything in our own hearts and lives. Firstly, towards the church, towards other churches, maybe towards other believers. I know God pinpointed some things in my own heart and life that I had to say, Father, forgive me for that mindset. And some of it wasn't just a one-off, oh, I don't like that person, or, or, or I've got an act. It was a mindset that I had towards, oh, they're just like that, you know, and, and oh, well, they'll never see that because they do this. And I had to say, Father, forgive me, that I've had a certain attitude towards a particular domin- denomination saying, well, because they do this, that and the other, they're, they're bound up in form and tradition rather than allowing you to move by your spirit and do whatever you can do. And it's like I'm saying to God in that context, God, you're not big enough to break through traditions. You're not big enough to break through tradition. You're not, you're not big enough to break through those things. And, and, and God works in the hearts of people. And as he works in the heart of people, then they begin to let go of traditions and form in the same way as even in our own church, we might have traditions and forms without even realising it, that we pray in a certain way because we think that's the way that God's going to move or we do things in a certain way because we think, well, if we do it that way, God's going to move. And I think God is stripping away loads of that stuff from all of us, no matter how much we've seen God move in the past or not. I think God is is reordering, re-changing our paradigms and making sure that we're open for Him to do whatever he wants to do, however he wants to do it. So let's just take a few moments. Firstly, if if there isn't anything for you, then great. But if you know, Father, I've had an attitude towards a denomination or towards other churches. If there's been anything in you that you've been like, we're better than other churches, even without realising it. Maybe it's a subtle thing that's been there. That's one thing that I had to ask the Lord to forgive me. I said, Father, if there's anything in me that says we're better than anybody else, that's pride, that's self-righteousness. And I said, Father, I had to say, Father, forgive me for that pride and self-righteousness. Where, where I, and I knew in some ways I, 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 I thought, well, if, if other churches prayed like we did, we'd see more happen. And, and it's like Clive, that's self-righteousness. That's a pride, saying that you're better than other people. Thank you, so anything where we just need to humble ourselves, say, Father, forgive me for that attitude towards that denomination or other churches any other believers from any other church, as you know, if you've got anything where you, there might be a condescending attitude, it's just in your heart and you might, it's there where you, where you look down on people in any way or anything like that. Say, Father, I just humble myself and ask you to forgive me. I'm sorry. I repent. Now, I turn away from that attitude. Because if we, if, if we have things like that and we stay there, we stay in our own boat and we're still going to be fishing and we're not going to catch anything because part of throwing the nets on the other side into the deep is that we're going to have to call on one another across the church to work together because it's about the harvest. It's not about my Christianity. It's not even about, I just want to be back on a Sunday to meet on a Sunday. We all want to be together to worship together and everything that happens can happen when we gather like that. But our Christian life, there's there's some more important things in terms of the harvest and what God wants to do than just whether we manage to get to a Sunday meeting or not. Now let's just, as we've just asking God to deal with things in our hearts to do with the church or other believers, now let's just, the town that you live in, wherever wherever town you're from and the people we live there, if you've got an attitude or, or, or if you know there's anything negative about your town, maybe there's some things about your town that that people just say, yeah, well, that's the way this town is or well, this town's like that or there's derogatory terms that are used about where you live or certain communities, housing areas or whatever it is within your town. Yeah, well, that's the the whatever part of town. That's the, yeah, they're like this or that or the other. Anything like that, that's self-righteousness. That's pride. Anything like that, let's just humble ourselves, Father, I do not want to speak negatively about the town that I live in. I want to to release life. So Father, forgive me where I've spoken negatively, where I've spoken about the local authority in my town, whoever leads the council or decisions they're making and, and I've been grumbling, moaning, complaining and speaking negatively to others. Father, forgive me for that negativity. I don't want to speak negatively about the town. I want to speak positively. I want to be like Jonah in the, in the sense that you spoke to him to go to that town and he believed that you wanted to change that town and that if, if he went with your word, you would do it yeah. if they relented. And the reason he ran away was because he knew mm. that if he went with the word, you would do what you said you were going to do. But Father, we want to be the opposite to Him in the sense that we don't walk away. But because we believe you, we move towards the people, the town with the same heart as the Father has for the town. No matter what the corruption, no matter what the sin, no matter what the challenges and the difficulties and the issues are, God's love Hmm. and power is more than enough to deal with everything going on. And we want to go with his heart. So maybe just ask the Lord, Father, would you give me a fresh heart for my town? The place where I live, the village, the town. If you're in a city, maybe the city where you live. Forgive me where I've spoken negatively about the, the leaders of my city, people in authority in my city. Forgive me, Father, where I've not prayed for them, maybe not reached out to them in some way or even written to them or emailed saying, hey, you're doing a great job praying for you. Is there anything, let me know, and our church knows, is there anything we can pray for you because we want to bless you? Wow, people don't expect that, but we want to be a oh blessing.
1: Yeah.
0: So Father, we thank you that you're yeah. just, again, part of this preparation of our hearts that you're working in as we're moving forward. We thank you that you're doing this heart yes. surgery, this heart Jesus. work in every thank one of Jesus. us. And we thank you, Jesus, that in that place, we can just come before you now. We can have communion together. We can have this covenant meal, but we can also have this meal of huge celebration. This is a feast that we enter into now. We're feasting on who Jesus is. And one of the things that this is amazing, this, you know, when Jesus was on trial, before Pilate and all the religious leaders and the crowds were shouting and baiting and everything. He was innocent, he'd done nothing wrong. And even there was a statement made by, I think it was Pilate's wife saying, keep away from this innocent man. She even said innocent in the middle of this trial. And it was a custom at that that feast at that time to release somebody from prison that was guilty of something. And the crowd shouted, Barabbas, we want him. He was a murderer. And what a prophetic action that took place in that moment. Jesus stood there as the innocent Son of God. There was a guy in prison that was guilty of murder, the worst sin you could do then and they wanted him released and they released the murderer the man that was guilty and they replaced the murderer and the man that was guilty with the one that was innocent. It was life for life. What what an amazing prophetic symbol that, that, that God always knew would take place and orchestrated in one sense to show that when Jesus went to the cross, he went there as an innocent man in exchange for the guilt of our sin. Barabbas didn't deserve to be released from prison. He was guilty. He should have been punished for his crimes. Yet life for life. And this is what communion represents, life for life, his life for our life. Why was a body so important? There had to be an innocent body that God could put all of sin on and punish that body so that he dealt with sin. So that's why when Jesus picked the bread up with the disciples and he said, this is my body given for you. That Jesus willingly gave his body, gave his life as an exchange to say, I'm going to be the innocent sacrifice for the ones that are locked up in sin and guilty so that they can go free, be forgiven and healed and made whole. Mm. Why did Jesus break the bread? The word doesn't say that Jesus broke the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. You don't find that anywhere in Scripture. What it says is, is, Jesus said he broke the bread. This is my body given for you. Why did he break it? Because his body was being given, he was laying his life down and he was breaking the bread to show that his life was being given to everybody. And as each person in that room broke the bread off and ate it, they were eating of him. It was like feeding of the 5,000. That another prophetic example, he broke the bread and the fish up and then he said, distribute that out. There was more than enough. Everybody fed on what Jesus gave them. And this is what's happening. As we break bread every time, we're remembering He gave His uh, Himself. He took every sin upon Himself. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So that we, as guilty people, mm. could be forgiven mm. and set free to live free. Thank you, Jesus. So let's just get a hold of the bread and whatever you're using, we've got a big loaf here because Jesus is more than enough. He's more than enough. We haven't just got a little thing, we've got a big old loaf here because Jesus took, he said, this is my body which is given for you. Remember who I am, remember what I've done. And there's a release of his life and his power when we break bread. How do we know that? Because his body, he was whipped, he was beaten, he took every sickness on himself, he took every sin on himself. Why? What's the connection between him taking all that on his body and then the blood? It's because he then said, and now because of the blood that I'm shedding, it's going to be for the forgiveness of sin. So I'm taking sin and sickness on myself and then the blood that's released then cleanses you from all of that. That's how it works together. That's why the blood is so powerful, because it cleanses us, purifies us, makes us acceptable to God, blameless and holy in His sight. What an awesome God that He is, what a covenant God He is. So let's just take our bread, we break it, let's take some off and let's just share that right now in our homes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. you can take that, you can eat it. You're eating of Him. This represents Christ in you, the hope of glory. So when you're eating Him, we're just, we're eating of Him, Christ in us right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
1: Thank you, Jesus.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Your food, everything you need right now, by faith, you are taken hold of in this meal.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
0: And we take hold of the cup, the wine. Jesus said, this is my blood which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This is for many, for everybody. He said, remember me every time you do this, drink this, eat this, who I am and what it represents. So Jesus, we thank you for your power Mm. being released right now in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Thank
0: you, Jesus.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Jesus.
0: And right now in in your homes, as you're doing this. Thank you, Jesus. Any sicknesses, mentally, Mm. emotionally, physically, anything going on right now. I just want you to lift your hands up. If you need physical healing, emotional healing, mental healing, whatever it might be, just lift your hands high now. And you receive right where you are, because He's giving, He's releasing. He's the healer, He's the freer. He's the one who does the work right now. Just receive from Him in your home. He's there right now, meeting you where you are dealing with symptoms, dealing with aches and pains, dealing with diagnosis, dealing with physical issues, thank dealing you, with Jesus. confusion, dealing with depression, taking yeah. vice grips off people's minds yes, right now, yes, breaking yes. strongholds, yes. dealing with emotions that are all over thank the place and everything else. You. Father, we thank you for thank the release you, of your spirit right now in every home, in every life, yes, in every body yes, that needs yes. to receive something from you. We command healing now in Amen. the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Yes. Just receive from him, Thank you, receive Jesus. from him. Father, thank we thank you, thank we you, praise Jesus. you.
1: Thank you, Jesus.
0: We thank you, we yes. praise your yes, name, Lord. Jesus. Yes, Lord. We Lord. thank you, Lord.
1: Thank you, Lord, your covenant, you, Lord. your covenant, Lord, with your people, Lord, is your blessing, every blessing, everything Jesus has accomplished on the cross, every forgiveness, healing, deliverance, salvation. We thank you, Lord, that it is ours right now, Lord, yeah. as we have communion, Lord. It is ours. Lord, is your your covenant to our household, to our children, Lord, to everything we own is blessed because that is who you are. And we thank you, Lord, right now for your covenant blessings yeah. to us, Lord, towards us and our households and our families Lord we thank you Father I just want to read uh, a verse from Isaiah 61 verses 10 19 11 I was going to read them over you just receive God right now what he wants to do it says all who see you in your prosperity that is everything in God that that belongs to you All who see you will recognise and acknowledge that you are the people whom the Lord has blessed. Just receive that right now. You you, are a people that the Lord has blessed and people around you are going to see those blessings and want those blessings in their lives. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord My God, my soul will exult in my God, for He has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness. And right now we are clothed. We are clothed by His blood. We are clothed in righteousness. We are made right because of Jesus. We are covered in righteousness. We stand righteous before him as a bridegroom puts on a garland and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. And Lord, we thank you. This is like a covenant wedding feast (laughs) that is full of joy and full of passion and full of your love and your power that everyone else will we can invite them into this wedding you, feast of your love. Amen. It says in verse 11, For as surely as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so... The Lord God will most certainly cause righteousness and justice and praise spring up before all nations through the power of His self-fulfilling Word. Amen. And Lord, we thank You for Your Word that we have heard today. We thank You for Your Word that we can read any day. Your self-fulfilling Word. Lord, it's You at work.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Lord.
1: It's your power.
0: Thank you, Lord.
1: It's your Holy Spirit. It's your covenant promises to your church and to those that don't know you, that you come in love. Thank you, Jesus. That you love all peoples, the nations. And Lord, we choose to live in that love and carry your love to thank those you. that don't know you, Lord.
0: Yeah, yeah, thank you, Lord.
1: We thank you, Lord.
0: Thank you, Jesus.
1: It's your power, it's your word at work. Thank you, Lord. That we can rest.
0: Thank you, Jesus.
1: We can rest that it's your self-fulfilling word. Thank you, Lord. At work thank in you, our Lord. lives.
0: Thank you, Lord.
1: Thank you, Lord.
0: Thank you, Jesus.
1: Thank you, Jesus.
0: Yeah, there might be some thank of you, you guys uh, connecting in this morning that don't know Jesus. Maybe this is the first time you've been online with us. Maybe you've been several times and you're like, hey, uh, something's happening in my heart. Something's happening in me this morning. And there's something that's saying, I, I, I want to know. I want to I know God like you guys are talking about and, and what's happening in this kind of thing that I've connected into this morning. And uh, simply you can take a first step and, and make a first response towards him. And, and just simply by saying, God, I, I need you. I want you. Mm-hmm. And you can do that right where you are now. We, you might be on your own, you might be with others that don't know God either. You might be with others that do know God, but you can now, just where you are, say, God, I, I want to know you. I want to I surrender my life to you. I want to give you everything. God, I ask you to forgive me for my sin, the things that have separated me, me from you. I've heard this word covenant this morning, God. I don't fully understand what that means, but it sounds like you—you you never let me down. You're never going to walk away from me. And so, God, I—I I thank you that you forgive me. And as you come towards me, I want to come towards you, and I, I want to give you my life now, and I want to surrender everything to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Jesus. you, Jesus. And if you that, if that's the response in your heart, or you—you've been saying something like that yourself. We'd love to connect with you and and chat with you, info at kingdomfaith.com. If you email us, we will get in touch with you in whatever way, email you back or if you give us your phone number, we'll call you, we'll chat with you. Uh, Colin, who was on earlier, he'll be back in a few minutes. Uh, You you can connect with us and somebody like him will give you a call, chat, and we'll just help you take those first steps in a relationship with God, which would be amazing.